Tag Box Talk, and this is Horse Stories with a Purpose. Who are we? We are equine educators, but we are owners. We are judges. We are competitors. We are coaches. We are volunteers. We are moms. We are horse owners just like you, and we want to share our horse stories with a purpose. Welcome to Extension Horses Tech Box Talk Series, Horse Stories with a Purpose. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Heine from Oklahoma State University, and with me today is Wendy Hine, who is from Oregon State University, and Wendy, you're an associate professor in, is that Clackamas County? That's right, Clackamas County, the Oregon City area. And you do youth development, correct? Yes, I am full-time doing 4-H youth development. Fantastic. And we also have Dr. Betsy Green from the University of Arizona, and you're on the main campus, correct? Yeah, I'm the state extension horse specialist, and I have 4-H duties as well. And also joining us, a newcomer to our uh, Tech Box Talks, we have Rebecca Wilkins from Purdue University. And Rebecca, you are the 4-H extension educator from Harrison County? Yes, Harrison is the little U-shaped county right next door to Louisville, Kentucky, so southern part of the state. Gotcha. So we're going to be talking about, I guess not horses today, but we're going to be talking about our favorite folks out there, our 4-H horse parents. So we've got some unique perspectives. I know my perspective as a state specialist dealing with um, youth and 4-H parents and Betsy's might be different from what we experience in the county. So Wendy, uh, where would you start with some tips for how to be successful as a horse show parent and still get along with your educators and fellow (laughs) parents oh yes i you know i think that sometimes our our 4-h parents get a bad rap but really they're the unsung heroes they're out there standing in the cold with their kids they're transporting them to all kinds of events um and providing so much support for the 4-H experience. So we love our 4-H parents, and uh, I think we do have some some ideas and stories about how to just be a great 4-H parent, a great supporter for your kid. And for those who may not be uh, familiar with 4-H, I think why it's such a unique program is 4-H is volunteer-based. So unless we had our, our parents that help out and and run clubs and do education. This is primarily a volunteer organization. You know, it is. And uh, 4-H does lots of different kinds of youth programming, but most of our horse programming is in these volunteer-led clubs. So um, that's a good thing for parents to keep in mind. The person you're going to interact with the most is that, that volunteer who just loves kids and loves horses and is doing their best to work with uh, with your with your member always good to remember <laughs> so they're not hired coaches these are folks that just love what they do and are willing to devote some time to to your youth so what might uh, again we want it we want our our parents that are new to the program or maybe thinking about this a, a little bit what makes a good 4-h horse parent I, i'd first say that Focus of 4-H is a youth development program that involves horses and many other species and activities. And so youth development first, and then using the horse as a tool to build those skills in that youth. And not, not necessarily competing for the blue ribbon as the primary goal, 
Yeah, I was going to say one of one of my biggest tips would be with your educators and with your volunteer leaders, assume best intentions. Um, we don't make rules just to have rules. The rules are to keep us safe, to put everybody on an equal playing field. Um, but everybody's going into the role with the biggest heart and wanting the best for that 4-H member and that horse. And a lot of sometimes those rules have come about because they're needed to be there. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and our, our 4 H guidelines come from all kinds of places. Some of them are aligned with industry for uh, horse competitions. Um, some of them have to do with youth safety, and all of our universities place a very high emphasis on that. Um, and, and others might have to do with um, local needs and, and interests. So, you know, there's an old saying. Um, that, that goes around about how uh, we'd rather have um, a blue ribbon kid with a red ribbon project than the other way around. And I think that's just always at the front of our minds. This is really about at the end of the day, where, where is that youth headed to? It may or may not be in horses. Um, we want to make sure we're turning out good kids. Right, so the goal of 4-H might be different than the goal of a horse show organization. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we actually had a redo of our state rule book over the last couple of years, and we actually had to go through and explain. We had volunteers and parents involved, but we had to remove some rules that people had put in there just because they were mad at somebody <laughs> and, and build the rules around this exactly what Wendy said, the safety, the health and, and welfare of both the horses, the youth, the leaders, and even the agents at times. Well, I think something that we're commonly told is if the rule has a name attached to it, it should not be a rule. <laughs> <laughs> good advice, good advice. So what might be some things for parents to uh, maybe expect, let's say they had gotten started with maybe doing some other organizations, what might they expect or what might be different between a 4-H experience versus other types of youth activities, even youth sports versus youth horse shows, like what really is the key difference? I'd say at the higher levels, at the university level, there are more hoops to jump through to get involved because the safety of the youth is critical. And so I know in Arizona, and I think actually nationally, all the volunteers have to go through background checks. They have to go through, in our case, fingerprints as well, to even be working with the youth. I don't know if that's at the same at all levels, but it's pretty similar across across states. So, so we get phone calls to our office, people calling 4-H for the first time, asking about uh, maybe a daughter or a grandson who wants to join. And I think they expect that maybe by the end of the phone call, they'll be signed up. And that's not usually how it works. We're going to collect info. We're going to try and get you connected with one or if possible, more than one club for you to call and investigate. So expect it to take uh, maybe a month or so even to uh, contact some clubs and uh, get, get fully enrolled in the program. I think another thing that uh, parents should always keep in mind is 4-H is not all about the writing. Um, it's not a lesson program. Um, you should expect to spend at least as much time doing non-writing things as you do writing things. And we have so many educational opportunities from um, 
horse bowl, hippology. Uh, we have different workshop options um, where you may go and learn something about a specific uh, horse disease or horse care management uh, topic. So yes, that that is, I would say that would be more or less one of the main goals is not just creating riders, but creating those future horse owners and those future industry professionals. So you guys are all from different states. So how would a parent uh, find all of these programs and resources? Start by looking for your, your county or parishes extension office. Um, so if you know what the land grant university is, or you might have more than one land grant university, um, start there and find out uh, what's, what's local and contact them. Uh, you can also just Google your state name in 4-H. You'll probably find the state website pops right up at the top and there'll be a link to get you to your county to get involved in 4-H. And I'm sure there's a handful of counties without horse programs, but it's a pretty widespread program. Most counties will have something. In Arizona, you generally would contact your county ag agents, 4-H agents, and sometimes they're different people, sometimes the same. And, but also we do have a 4-H website for the state level stuff as well, because there's also enrollment in the program. It's not just a come as you wish, you get involved and engaged throughout the entire year. And once you find that information, feel free to give us a call or come in and let us see the whites of your eyes and your pretty smile. We want to get to know you on a personal level so that we can help plug you in where, uh, plug you into the club that will best fit your needs. I'd say that something too a, a lot of people don't know is that 4-H operates on a yearly schedule. So uh, you can contact us any time of year, but I don't have clubs open all year long. Uh, most of our openings tend to be in fall and maybe winter. Um, if you call me a month before county fair, you are not going to get to enter the county fair. This is a year-long program and uh, expect to be enrolled quite a while before we get to fair time. Now let's assume I want to be a good 4-H parent. What, what sets apart that good 4-H parent that we all say, yeah, they they do a great job and we really like to see them and their kids at our activities. Uh, a good 4-H parent reads their newsletter. <laughs> Start with that. <laughs> Keep yourself informed about what's going on in 4-H. A, a good 4-H parent, when they have an issue or a problem or a challenge, they bring it up to the appropriate person in, the, in a pro professional and polite way with a potential solution rather than just coming and yelling. A good 4-H parent is willing to help um, open gates, uh, hold a horse, interact with your club, bring a snack, be kind and welcoming to other new 4-H parents or families. Uh, a good 4-H parent supports their child um, when things are going good and when they're going bad. So we want um, youth to be, to be good sports. So when things are going good, uh, we want you to display grace and who help others. And when things are going bad, you know, that's okay too. Research shows that young people actually need to fail. They need to set challenging goals and not always meet them. And if our parents understand that, they're really our partners. A good 4-H parent lets that 4-H youth be the one that's active and not try to do stuff for them, but 
actually have them become the leader or have the opportunity to fail. Okay. And a good 4-H parent helps their family and others, other 4-H members and families remember dates and know how to find dates. Uh, we do have vaccination deadlines. We do have enrollment deadlines. We do have horse show sign-up deadlines. Um, so all of those are very important, again, in creating that future industry professional. Okay, so now we're going to get to the fun part, right? And we're not going to use any names because that could, that could go bad. So I know you all have had experiences, which is how you know how to be a good parent. So can you share some of your you know, vignettes, I guess, of, of those things that you guys have lived through as county educators or state specialists when maybe parents were not being good, good 4-H parents? So I can tell you at the state show, there was a person that became known as the Pink Granny because we didn't know who she was. But she went to a junior halter class and was telling all the youth that they had their chain on wrong on the halter and they were, had to do this or they were going to be disqualified. And then she proceeded to tell some of the youth, which of course they were all upset because they're stressed at that time. Then she said, but we're not gonna tell those two girls that have mules in the class that always win oh. so that they'll get disqualified. Oh my. That would be a bad parrot. <laughs> well, and as a result of that, we had to actually put in a rule that if a parent or someone related is causing problems, it may cause that youth to get disqualified because we, we had no rule where we could get rid of her. Right. <laughs> and sometimes ruining it for your child might be the only thing that prevents bad behavior in those people that want to do nothing but cause gotcha. trouble. So we're gonna put bad sportsmanship, bad in, the, sportsmanship. in the don't do category. I can't make sure that 4-H is full of only people you like. It, coming to me because you don't like someone, if they're truly breaking a rule, I can do something, but um, sometimes it, it's really just personal conflict that, that we're dealing with. And I can't exclude someone just because you don't get along with them. Yeah, I, I get a lot of those kind of counseling kinds of calls. I don't like so-and-so. So-and-so's doing this. I'm like, well, it's not against a rule. So. Yeah. Well, I think that that goes back to like mentoring good behavior for your 4-H member. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. We've had, we've had some horse advisory boards that have had to learn how to behave and they actually needed to model their child's behavior because their behavior was not an appropriate or professional or kind mm -hmm. modeling. And I, you know, I always think we, we hope our, our parents, we know they get caught up with competition and they, obviously they're there for their kid and supporting their child, but, but, you know, mistakes do happen and they happen in all walks of life, no matter what. And a lot of characters, how we handle um, those mistakes and, mm -hmm. and go forward because the, the ball's not going to always land on your side of the line uh, when we're doing these sort of activities. So. Sometimes we have to roll with things we don't like to see. And again, remembering we're volunteers uh, that are supporting so many of these 4-H yeah. organizations. I'd like to go back to something Betsy said earlier about contacting the appropriate person if you have a concern. Mm -hmm. um, we, we do wanna hear if, if something's not going great in your club. We wanna hear when you have great ideas. Um, and I think the biggest mistake people make is skipping over their county person. I'm not sure I'm not sure why they 
do that. Sometimes I think people just maybe assume that their problem is, is big and should start at some other level or other person. Uh, sometimes I think it's that parents don't quite understand how 4-H is organized. So they might go to uh, the chair of a volunteer committee instead of coming to the, the extension office, which is where mm -hmm. they really need to go. So in almost all cases, I would say you start with your club leader. Next in line should be your county 4-H educator. Yeah, and, and I've sent stuff back down down the chain to the appropriate person when they call me first as the spe state specialist saying, so-and-so is doing this. Oh, and also on that note, when you have an issue or you think you have an issue, don't just try and get all of your county parents together. We had an issue where a person, a parent said, claimed a judge was cheating and went to all the parents to get them on her side and we had to say that if we don't cease and desist this behavior, we will follow this new rule that we had to put in, especially for situations like the pink granny. Yeah, we have a 4-H, uh, we actually have an adult code of conduct for Oregon. Um, and I think some similar states have things. If your state doesn't specifically have one that's for adults, read the one that they have for kids. That's a good place to start, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, um, if the kids have, uh, say, guidelines on what to wear as a parent, you should probably follow those too. Um, they'll probably talk about sportsmanship, things you can and cannot bring to 4-H events. Um, we, we want everyone to have a positive and successful mm -hmm. experience. And actually, to be clear, most people do. Yes. It's, it's just yes. a small number of people who- but they always stand out in our minds, they right? Do, they do, <laughs> and our, our poor horse people have this reputation that but you know most of the horse parents i deal with are amazing people they're making sacrifices because their kid has this love and you know what parents you're right if your kid loves horses it's not going to go away just <laughs> just go with it <laughs> and it's it's just so rewarding when we see those parents who are out there volunteering supporting their kid and 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 to let their kids cry on their shoulder so i have a, a question for you guys uh because you know, I've gone to all these conferences and, and they always point out, oh, it's the 4-H horse parents. Like, oh, everybody's afraid of the 4-H horse parents. But well, they always say those. So what, is there a reason they're singling us out or is it just, oh, they just don't like horses? I, I think some of it is the fact that a lot of people that are saying the, hor the horse parents are very vocal. They care. You have a, a horse that's loved dearly. Mm -hmm a child that's loved dearly, that loves that horse dearly. And so that parent is so protective and sometimes competitive. And so it's, it's like an exponential, if something goes wrong with the horse or the kid, it blows up a lot of mm -hmm. times. I'd say it gets to passion, passion for that animal, passion for that youth, but we have to all learn to live our passions in a, in a kind way, in a professional way. I think some of it's that um, just the way the nature of our, uh, well, I think as we pointed out, it's really the competitive events where the, where people tend to get stressed. Um, and our competitive events for say art are just run differently. So I have had parents come unglued about the judging of their child's artwork okay. or, you know, or I had to send home a, um, 
it was meant to be a toy gun, but because it explodes, it's technically a bomb and it couldn't stay at the fair. <laughs> Right? Oh, wait yeah. a minute, wait People, a minute. Parents, <laughs> you gave away a bomb as a prize? <laughs> no, no, no. No, a member brought one in. Okay. Brought in a, uh, I think it was a Q-tip gun. Um, and I, well, I appreciate the ingenuity. The judge was actually like a, uh, worked for like uh, Fish and Wildlife. They were federal employees. So they, they, they had to, yeah, I, I've had more than one kind of explosive device thing that had to go home. <laughs> People didn't know about. Um, so yeah, no parents come unglued on on all areas when when their kid is threatened. That's like that's that's part of being a parent, um, and I get that. But uh, uh, in the case of the exhibit hall, that usually is going to happen as some one on one conversation or phone call that only a few other people are going to witness. Um, at a horse show, I I can't really keep my parents like off the show grounds. That wouldn't be safe. So when it, something happens at a horse show like dozens of people tend to see it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's partly where the, the reputation, reputation comes grows. from. Right, yeah. Right. But but if you want to get something out of your state leadership, you can always threaten to include the horse show parents <laughs> and they they'll back off. That's right. I will say when whenever we have any kind of budget crisis, they are the ones who are there for us. They will rally. They have, <laughs> rally they, because they see what amazing things 4-H does for the kids. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah, they'll, they'll fight for us too. Okay. So you guys have any other tips for our parents that are either thinking about getting kids enrolled or running their own clubs as kind of final thoughts? You know, the scholarships. Oh yeah, there's a good one. Yeah, um, please know that I would say every state has 4-H scholarships that are available. Uh, what we would encourage you to do as ed educators is start those education pieces, those mentoring pieces, having those young people grow into leadership early. That way they have a history um, to uh, report back or record on their record books and record sheets that they'll use to create those scholarship applications uh, later as seniors. Yeah, and some amazing trips and things too. And Absolutely. almost all of them build, uh, you want to see youth who've built a whole 4-H career. And then one more for me, um, you know, at, when I was a horse crazy teen and um, my parents had, had no idea. Um, but uh, this great friend of ours convinced them that they should just get me a horse and things went from there. But I have to give a shout out to my parents, even though they knew nothing about horses, they were super involved. My mom um, said to herself, you know, I can't help at all with the horse part of this club, but I can help with presentations. Mm -hmm. I can help with record books. And you know what? Um, 30 years later, my mom is still my volunteer working with record books at a, mm -hmm. at a county level. So don't think that because you don't know horses, you can't be involved. You can be an amazing volunteer mm -hmm. for us as well. Yeah, support that kid. My parents, same That's thing. Right. I was an urban youth. I grew up downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, my parents knew nothing about horses. My grandparents knew nothing about horses. But for my 12th or 13th birthday, my grandmother gave me $90 worth of quarters, rolled quarters, um, to, to do riding lessons. Because they figured I was going to get hurt if I did not know the proper way of doing things when I visited people who did have horses. And, and I took every opportunity to do that. So shout out for the parents who don't know, but facilitate that path. Yeah, and I'd, I'd say that a couple of different things. Definitely, if <clears throat> expand your learning beyond the arena. <laughs> I'd say a couple of things. Definitely broaden your learning arena out, you know, beyond just the circle of the club. Go mm -hmm. to industry, 
things uh, to workshops, seminars and things because you need industry people that may be important in your future. And also, even if you find that maybe you don't mesh with the first club that you are involved in, look around because a lot of times there are different groups and you might find a place that your, your child is more comfortable with the group or the activities or the style of writing or whatever. I think don't just say, okay, this is the only thing I can do or my youth can do. Well, thanks guys. I think this has been a great conversation and I would encourage parents, if you want more information, contact your county extension office and learn more about how you can get involved to help 4-H and help other youth. This has been Extension Horses Tech Box Talk, Horse Stories with a Purpose. Bye. Bye. For more information and adult leader resources, visit extensionhorses.org.